Hey, it's Mark Shifley here. You're listening to the Jet Centric Podcast. Hey there, Jets fans. Welcome back to the Jet Centric Podcast. My name is AJ, and I am here with Mike and Daniel, and we're going to be doing a little bit of roundtable. There's lots to talk about. Um, we're, we had the trade deadline today. Um, we got the month of February that we haven't recapped much of. So we're going to talk about some of the games and uh, just kind of see where the Jets are at and kind of get you all caught up and give you our scorching hot takes. So, Daniel, Mike, uh, maybe I'll start with uh, you, Daniel. Maybe you could run us through some of the, the transactions that happened today. For anybody who wasn't paying attention or who doesn't have Twitter or check Sports Center, what are some of the things that happened today? It looked like it was going to be a slow day for the Jets, but they did actually do some things. So what are the things they did? Yeah, so the Jets actually made six uh, six transactions today, which is like probably as many as we've ever made in a season trade-wise in, uh, in a full year. So that's that was fun to watch, kind of just seeing them actually do things, whether those things work out or not. So I'll just go over it quick here. So obviously the big one, I'm sure most people who don't even have Twitter probably heard this. This was probably all over the city. The Jets acquired uh, center Kevin Hayes from the Rangers. And uh, in that trade, they traded away Brendan Lemieux podcast favorite uh 2019 first round pick and a conditional uh fourth round pick in a few years that's conditional on them winning the cup so that was the big move of the day and then they made a bunch of other uh i'd say like depth trades um one that really got twitter going was uh the reacquisition of matt Hendricks for a seventh round pick um nathan Beaulieu came from buffalo over to winnipeg for a sixth round pick uh what else do we got here uh bogdan Kis- Kislevich, I want to say it's Kislevich, it could be Kiselevich, I don't know, Russians, uh, was acquired from Florida for a seventh-round pick. Uh, and uh, some sad news to, tra- uh, to pass along here, Nick Batan was traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs for uh, Par Lindholm. And the Jets also made a minor league acquisition that wasn't really an acquisition. They acquired basically the rights to Alex Broadhurst of, uh, from Columbus for future considerations. So we're really going to miss future considerations here in Winnipeg, but uh, maybe we'll see Broadhurst from the Moose one day or something like that. Now, Daniel, some of those players that you mentioned that have becoming depth players, are these players that have typically been AHL players, like that you've seen come through and play against the Moose? Or are these like legit NHL depth guys that have mostly been up with the, the teams? Is there, what's the expectation for these guys? They're just going to be on the roster and maybe even go down to the Moose, or are they not even allowed to go to the Moose? Because today, if I'm not mistaken, you could probably speak to this, uh, was the closing date for players having to be assigned to their AHL teams in order to play in uh, the playoffs. So uh, today, Poolman and Appleton were both sent down, so they are able to play for the Moose if they make the playoffs. Niku was not sent down, so he would not be eligible to play in that. I think he could still be sent down uh, in between now and the playoffs, but he cannot play in the playoffs. So these other uh, gentlemen that the team has added, are they all literally up with the Jets then, or are they able to move down as well? Yeah, so... Um, so... Uh, Kis- Kislevich has, uh, is waiver exempt, I believe, if I did read that today. So they could send him down. But uh, the two defensemen they acquired, that's Nathan Beaulieu and, and Kislevich. I hope I'm saying his name right. I'm probably just sounding dumb. Uh, they'll probably just stay up with the team as those extra extra defensemen, you know, if sickness happens. And depending on Morrissey, you know, who's who's in and out. And I mean, they can still play for the Moose up until the playoffs. So obviously they could be sent down. Um, I don't know much about either of them really personally i know 
the Jets were interested in bringing in that uh, Kis- Kiselevich um, when he was a free agent. This is his first year in the NHL, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, Par Lindholm as well. He's played all the games with the Leafs this year, and I think he has something like one goal. So this is just purely just extra bodies, kind of a black aces kind of thing. Emergency players, I'd say. Same with, obviously, we know what Hendricks's role is going to be. Hopefully, he doesn't actually have to see the ice in anything but a game 82 when the Jets have clinched all they possibly can. Obviously, the big move today was uh, Kevin Hayes, though. Which we'll, we'll get to shortly. Mike, now I'll kind of rip over to you because you always have a kind of a positive twist on things. So the Jets add Hendricks. That is kind of a fun, interesting uh, move. Daniel mentioned it would be good if he doesn't see the ice. Uh, there's rumors of a rift in the locker room, and I saw you chatting a little bit about it online. Uh, what's your take on the whole Hendricks ad and uh, what that adds to the organization in the room and, and who the guy is and what people have said about him so far? Yeah, well, thanks, AJ, for making me take the role of a uh, good cop here or whatever we're going <laughs> to call it. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I saw the Hendricks trade. I, <laughs> a buddy texted me. I, I was kind of busy during the afternoon, and a buddy texted me, and I obviously thought he was kidding. I thought uh, I thought there was no way that that could happen again, but um, here we are. Um, to be honest, positively, positive side, I, I don't really have one on Hendricks. I, I, I think this kind of does sort of confirm that, uh, just like you said, it looks like there's something kind of not clicking in the Jets dressing room. Uh, you know, I think maybe the more positive spin would be just Hey, it's you know leadership is hard. There's 23 guys that, you know, all want the team to win, but also want to succeed themselves personally, and probably from a leadership standpoint, that's not actually that easy. So, you know, maybe it's just kind of well, let's cut, let's cut Wheeler and let's cut Little and Bufflin and, you know, the other the other kind of leaders on the team, Shifley, uh, cut them a little bit of slack and just kind of bring in a player that is going to probably, for the most part, sit in the press box and not play. I'm knocking on wood, if you cannot hear that. But, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's maybe what we're hoping for. But I think it's not, it's not too unrealistic to kind of to be a little bit negative and feel that, hey, this might be a little bit of a you know, wild stab in the dark to kind of bring back some of the magic from last year. I don't know. Yeah, I guess uh, if... If it's leadership, his leadership they're looking for, then it's kind of saying that there maybe isn't enough right now. And and like I said, there there is some some rumors, and I'm not trying to start any. This is stuff that's kind of been conjectured uh, before from other people that you know seem to be more than no. But I mean, uh, as as you guys know, and some of our listeners know, when you sort of eat and breathe and live kind of the Jets, and you talk to every single person about it, you start to know people who know people, and this person you know tells you this, and some of these stories seem to collaborate each other. And uh, it, it does seem like something's a little bit off in the dressing room. I don't know if it's because of the lack of Hendricks. It seemed, I guess, bringing Hendricks in um, would mean that Patan and Lemieux weren't uh, the problems because uh, with uh, shipping them out the door, then uh, that would have solved the problem. Like, uh, for instance, in an Evander Kane thing, when that seemed to be, be an issue, uh, when that player was gone, then that seemed to be the thing that solved it. So uh, there's something going going on there. And uh, so... And, and I don't think I don't think that you know it's yeah rumors. I mean, if we were to say oh, okay, it's player, it's this player's fault or that player's fault or you know this, you know Lemieux is a cancer or whatever like that kind of stuff. Like all that stuff is would be rumors, but 
if you listen to to Shovel Day off on twelve ninety this afternoon, this afternoon, he he basically confirmed like he was not he didn't beat around the bush. He I think had a line that went something to the effect of we're bring we're not bringing in Hendricks because he's a fast skater or an analytics darling. He's thirty four or he's thirty seven years old. They're aware of that. They're he said they're bringing him in for his you know leadership abilities in the room. So. I so I don't think that there's any kind of rumor there. It's it's a you know it maybe like you said it's a little it, if we wanted to kind of delve into what you know who's mad at who or you know that kind of high school stuff. Uh, yes. Yeah, but 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 I don't think there's any denying it. It seems pretty much like that was accepted by Shovel Day off. Right. So well, let's uh, let's move on to the, I thought we talked about the one that got away the the stone was a player that was uh, thrown around for a long time. All of uh, Twitter was abuzz with it. I'm sure not just our fan base, but other ones that look were, looked like they were potentially uh, going to land him. Uh, we missed out on the Stone sweepstakes. Uh, some people are more sad than others. Some just feel like we're fine with what we got. Maybe, Daniel, throw it over to you. What do you think about the the, the stone missing on Stone and the player that we got? I know that you uh, follow his uh, career uh, probably closer than than I would have. So, what what could you tell us about the player that Vegas got and and who we missed out on? Yeah, so obviously uh, Vegas. They, you know what? They gave up a couple of good uh, prospects. I would say from my judge, I don't know a whole lot about prospects myself, but they sound like high draft picks, like good, you know, good solid prospects, like the A A or B prospects, I'd say. Um, and as well as a second round pick in twenty twenty or something. So really, they didn't give up that super super package. It was more of a quality than quantity, which is a little bit harder for the Jets to achieve because you don't want to mess with what you have on the ice. Like, I mean, I was okay with losing, say, a Jack Roslevic in a trade that acquired Mark Stone or even going a little further, maybe a Kyle Connor, and that included a Mark Stone ex- extension in there. But that's a whole bunch of other stuff that will never happen now. Um, so Mark Stone is just an ultimate play driver. He's kind of like... I believe I saw some, like, he's kind of like Blake Wheeler, like that kind of player, you know, just that playmaking kind of just all around good, good player. Like he's just a good hockey player. So obviously that's a super upgrade for Vegas. And I don't know why Vegas just hates the Jets so much, but, (laughs) (laughs) but that's, (coughs) excuse me, but that's, uh, that's kind of my take on it. We just lost out on a really good player, but I don't think Chevy didn't like, he didn't, make a mistake he kind of just said okay screw this we're gonna go go out and get Hayes now we're gonna get someone that you know they gave up another first round pick like they gave up one last year for Stastny and that worked out well Hayes actually just a quick look has more points this season than Stastny had last season when he came to the Jets so you know I mean that's relatively means nothing but you know it's just so he's we kind of got another Stastny type of player you know not that top top end talent but just a guy that'll slide into your middle six and be like that whereas Mark Stone I mean you know he was definitely a top six forward for sure you know and he's just a top you know not not a top NHL player but he's definitely in that upper echelon you know not elite quite elite but just below elite kind of if you know what I'm trying to say there so you know we lost out on that but it's gonna happen it's the business of the game and Stone signed a eight year nine and a half per million extension and I mean he's a good player he's might be worth that in a couple of years. I'm not actually sure how old he is. I think he's like, like 26. 26. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he's coming right up into that prime time there. So eight years puts him at 34. So that was his one chance to cash in as well. So that's something to consider. Yeah. 
I'll, uh, I want to say this about the stone thing just because I think it's an interesting talking point because sometimes when, when deals get made, people maybe are negative about it and people don't understand why. Um, I know that everyone loves Blake Wheeler. I'm not trying to ship Blake Wheeler out the door or anything like this. But had the Jets not signed Blake Wheeler's deal that uh, kicks in next year for, I believe it's 8.25. Uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's, it's around that range, 8.25, 875, something like that. Um, and he was just playing out this year. The Jets would have cap space to have added Mark Stone because I hear people saying or you know seeing it. Oh, we we couldn't have added him and you know that kind of money. But literally, we're about to almost give that money to Blake Wheeler at 33 years old by the time that kicks in um, for the next whatever it is, five six years or something. So uh, we could have afforded Stone, but we chose Blake Wheeler before we had the chance to get Stone. Now that doesn't mean. We would have got stoned for sure, but I mean that the opportunity to make that deal was gone uh, because of the Blake Wheeler signing. And again, I totally understand why people love the captain, why they love Blake Wheeler. I uh, know he had 91 points last year. He's, you know, got like 70 assists or whatever it is this year. So I get it. But also, Mark Stone is pretty much a younger version of Blake Wheeler, who's been producing at the rate at 26 years old. Uh, he's been producing at the, that rate that Blake Wheeler did at 26 years old, uh, but he's been doing it for four years already, and that's when Blake started to come into his own. So, I mean, Stone's already projecting pretty well, and he's six years younger and uh, would probably be more deserving of that type of money than Blake Wheeler will be in, you know, three, four years, right, when he's 36, 30, you know, Matt Hendricks' wow. age. So uh, that's that's just my little take. I just want to throw it out there just because sometimes people go, What's wrong with the Blake Wheeler contract? It's like, well, it didn't have to be signed right at this moment. You kind of, you know, hamstring yourself to to maybe have other options. And this would be an example of that why, you know, maybe it wasn't the best deal at the time, um, whether you like Blake Wheeler or not. It's, it, it kind of uh, takes away some flexibility. So, sorry, you were well, going to say something? And just, to, just to jump in, I, I think the similar, there's, some, there's some symmetry there, too, in just when you look at when Blake Wheeler signed his last contract that he's just finishing off this year I think it was a similar situation he would have been around 26 27 years old uh signed like it was a 5.6 million dollar cap hit so you know but just I mean how incredibly positive was that from the team's perspective to have a player for his late 20s and early 30s like Blake Wheeler who drove play you know for the longest time we always heard of him as maybe the most underrated star in the NHL um, Star Stone perhaps is a little underrated as well, but yeah, it just you know for Vegas to sign him at that cap hit, I don't I don't think that we'd be complaining if uh, you know if we had that instead of instead of Wheeler. But yeah, I, I think that's maybe a moot point. There's other reasons why we went that route, but I agree, interesting to look at. Yeah, absolutely. It, I I get that that it's moot now, but it, it's just it, it puts into perspective some things when there's maybe complaints. I remember John Malloy. Uh, writing an article for Jets Nation about Blake Wheeler's contract, and uh, actually for Jets Center, Nick uh, Nick Lynham did one for Jets Center, right, Daniel? And uh, our most mm-hmm. uh, read thing over at Jets Center, and yes. uh, yeah, it was it was just an interesting kind of take on why this might not have been the best idea. And again, yeah, we we all get it. We we know who Blake Wheeler is and who he is into the organization, but at some point, you maybe maybe it's better to put those feelings aside and and look at the numbers uh, a bit more and the way people project. So anyhow, Blake's, Blake's on a tear right now, so we can't say much about it, but in a couple of years, we might be uh, revisiting this conversation and telling everyone, hey, I told you so, right? <laughs> anyhow, uh, Mike, let's uh, shoot back over to you. Uh, talk about uh, the loss of Josh Morrissey and maybe uh, what you've heard 
um, about his injury. I guess we're all kind of conjecturing again. I like using that word about what it is, but it looked kind of bad. Have you heard anything? And, and what does this mean for our, our decor, especially on that left side? I know we added some guys today that uh, we can't even pronounce their names. Well, yeah. what's, what's your take on the, the Morrissey uh, loss? Well, it looked pretty bad when it happened. And by the time this is published, I'm imagining that it will have been confirmed uh, what exactly his injury is. Uh, I think we're going off, we're just going to generally go off the fact that it looks serious. Uh, latest I've heard is perhaps a broken collarbone, which, um, yeah, which is a long-term injury. I, I think the best, I think what the Jets and the Jet and Jet, us Jets fans would hope for is that he's able to, you know, come to full health before the playoffs, get back to game speed. Uh, in which case, it's not, I mean, it's a huge loss to have him out of the lineup, obviously. Uh, I think at this point, we're just kind of bracing and hoping that he can come back for, for the playoffs. Um, I, I think it's a big loss because with the team struggling as it has been, we're, uh, there's a big difference, I think, between finishing first in the central standings uh, and finishing second or third because... Because uh, those wildcard teams look like they're going to be probably a much easier uh, matchup than, than either playing Nashville or St. Louis in the first round. So it's, uh, he's, he's huge to our, our decor, and we're already missing Bufflin. So we're kind of running out of defensemen that, that can kind of carry the guy next to them. I, I, it's, uh, it's, not, it's, not, uh, it's, uh, it's definitely some trials and tribulations for, for the Jets right now. It doesn't help to lose Morrissey. Yeah, we talk about uh, Appleton and Pullman getting sent down today. Obviously, they come back up, so Pullman could add a bit more depth. But it looks like Niku will be with the team uh, for all the foreseeable future. I, I know Joe Morrow's out as as well. Um, that's obviously not as big of an issue as uh, as Buff and uh, and um, Morrissey being out. But it looks like Niku is going to be with the team all the way through now because he can't be sent down for for the playoffs. So I guess we'll finally get to see him and uh, his, the opportunity um, is in front of him to, to take that. Daniel, maybe uh, you could just give us a quick hit on, on uh, Niku. Cause I know that you've had the opportunity. I know you've talked about him before on here, but just uh, his time with the moose and, uh, and what he is and maybe sort of what you've seen him develop from his time with the moose to the jets now. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously Nico is a seventh round pick, so you don't expect much, but uh, he's definitely has the potential to be definitely a top four guy, I would say. So that's something good, good to see. And something I know Marat had written a nice article. I think it was over the summertime about where he is in his development from uh, guys who have had similar numbers in the AHL as he had like last season in his full first full season in the AHL, that kind of thing. And he was right up there with some, some upper, some upper echelon guys. So that's good. Um, obviously, I've said before, I'd like to have seen him getting more games than he has this season, whether it be with the Moose instead of being in the press box for the Jets. It's kind of unfortunate, but now you know what? He's getting, he'll be getting his chance to get in the lineup. Like He's going to be playing now, if, assuming Morrissey is out. Even, even if Morrissey is safe, for example, so just two weeks, which I don't think he will be. But Niku is definitely, he made the team, is the term I use today. Like, he made it kind of thing. If they didn't even reassign him to the, to the Moose, who are probably not even going to make the playoffs uh, this they're season. Not, but they, 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 still, they still might. I mean, they're only six points out, but they got to leapfrog like five teams or four teams or something. So... It's uh, it's quite a climb, but uh, yeah. So back to back to Nico. I mean, you know, I'd love to see him play beside like Truba or something like that. Would be 
super good for him. You know, get those nice 20 minutes a night, and he's definitely capable. Like, he was, when he was with the Moose, he was playing 20, 25 minutes a night, every night. And the Moose, I mean, like, for his full full year with the Moose, they were actually good. Like, they were a good team. Obviously, that was last season, um, where he won the Rookie of the Year, Defenseman of the Year, whatever the heck that award was. So, he was obviously the best player or best rookie in the AHL, which is pretty significant considering the talent in the AHL. Um, so I like to see him, like uh, Maurice did throw him out on the power play after Mo- Morrissey left the game last night. So that was good to see that Maurice is willing to actually put him out there in offensive situations. That's where he shines. He's a puck mover. Uh, ben Chirac compared him to Toby Enstrom. And obviously we all love Toby Enstrom and Toby Enstrom was a really good hockey player. So that's exactly what I kind of expected from Niku from when I started watching is kind of an Enstrom type puck mover. You know, he might not score all the goals, but he'll definitely be involved in a lot of them on the on the positive side, not on the negative side. Although he does uh, have quite a few little uh, dangles and stuff that he likes to pull out too. So he uh, he's, he's not afraid to kind of mix it up offensively there where he, you know, kind of show, shows a little bit of dazzle. Um, and uh, just talking about him being up with the team, kind of uh, hoping and praying for a couple more uh, overtimes if he's going to be in because uh, I, I don't know if you guys remember, but one of the funnest overtimes oh. to watch was the Tanev, Connor, and uh, Niku all out together. I mean, just like so much speed, and uh, yeah, it was just a lot of fun to watch. So hopefully Niku gets a chance to get in a couple more of those and the Jets come out on the right side of the overtime. So. I, I really think not just not to I mean your your guys are definitely scoring this or, uh, you know addressing this point but when you look at this is related to the related to the trade deadline well what didn't the Jets do a lot of people have been pointing out that hole on on the left side left side D for the uh, the yeah. second pairing and that that was not addressed and who knows maybe if uh, maybe if things fall the Jets way uh, Maurice uh, gives Niku he has to he has to give Niku his shot now right. And uh, and who knows? Maybe it'll all work out for the best. Maybe maybe the maybe their sec their their second top four left shot defenseman behind Morrissey will be revealed by playoffs. And I think that's something that we can all hope for. Yeah, for sure. And, yeah, and, I'll, yeah, I'll agree with Morrissey that. Kind of like uh, kind of like uh, the Kyle Connor situation with uh, Perot going out last year. That was the only reason Connor really got in the lineup that kind of and got to play the good minutes, the the big minutes. I'll say. I mean. I know obviously we've had some other issues with Kyle Connor this season in his defensive zone, but that's how we got in was taking advantage of an injury uh, situation. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, okay, moving along here. Uh, we, let's get to Hayes here. Obviously, that was the biggest addition, Dan. You mentioned uh, he came from New York, and I, you did a little spiel about him. So that's the biggest addition. So the, the Jets have not been uh, looking that great for a long uh, time. And I mean, I, I, there's a little bit part of me and all of us, I'm sure, that feel like saying, I told you so, when you see the Jets regress, people think that you're cheering it on. But, the, you know, the Jets haven't really been great all season. And February, it started to show quite a bit. The, there's lots of cracks in the wall. Um, I believe they are, what, let's see, four and seven? Four, yeah, something like that, four and seven in the month of February. Um, so adding Hayes to this lineup, I was looking, like you, you mentioned, Mike, There's a, they haven't didn't really address the left side. D. Muzzin obviously would have been a good uh, pick up there. But um, the only real difference we're going to see in the lineup from what I could see from the Arizona game where we lost 4-1 is going to be taking Appleton out and putting Hayes in. Now, obviously, that is, you know, a, a positive. That's a you know, net benefit, Those he's a better player. And so the Jets definitely get a little bit better. But 
the Jets have lots and lots of problems besides uh, just some center depth. But maybe we could just talk about Hayes and what we think that he's going to add and maybe kind of uh, see if we can figure out where we think Maurice is going to play him. I know a lot of people have started putting out their, their lineups. My prediction, I'm just going to throw this out here right now before I let you guys uh, respond, but I think that Maurice is going to see Hayes as the next Stasny. I tweeted it out. Um, he's going to try and put line A and Ehlers uh, together on that second line, um, even though uh, myself, uh, I, I, I know other people too have been saying, please put line A with Shifley, at least with Shifley. Uh, this split up Shifley and Wheeler or Kim together, but have him with Shifley. I think that's a better option for, for him. That's where he gets all his points is on the power play playing with those guys, so it's probably some good chemistry there. Um, yeah, so I say playing with Shifley. What do you guys think? Do you think Hayes ends up on that second line? He bumps a little down, or does he play on the third third line with someone else? Although now that the TLC line's back together, that kind of is our third line. So no way Hayes is going to the fourth line. But does a uh, 5.25 million a year Brian Little end up on the fourth line? Let's see how this all plays out. So uh, maybe uh, Michael, start with you. Hayes, uh, where where does he go? How's that changed the lineup besides making it slightly better? Uh, I don't know. I, I know that uh, I know that in, when Chevy was interviewed on twelve ninety this afternoon, he he did, you know, mention you know boilerplate stuff perhaps, but just that him and Maurice have been talking for a long time about what uh, they've been talking about Hayes in particular, and uh, you know, and, and where exactly he might fit in the roster, and I I gotta think that I gotta think that that they're seeing him as the guy to solve. Uh, quote unquote, the second line issues that have been with the Jets for the entire season. Um, it it just makes sense. I don't think if the Jets saw him as, you know, let's make the third line more lethal or or let's have the best fourth line again in hockey or whatever we whatever we've said in the past. I don't think that makes sense to trade uh, our first round pick uh, and um, whatever we're whatever we're calling Brendan Lemieux um, a useful asset or whatever. Um, I he he's got it. He's to me. He seems like he's going to slide in on the second line. Uh, I think that the Jets have enough enough awareness to have seen that little uh, little plus line A or little and whoever is his his scoring wingers have been is just not not sufficient. I think we should give them a little bit of credit uh, there. And and yeah, I think I think Hayes slots in on the second line. I think he probably solves that problem. And uh, and that's a good thing. I the only issue for the Jets is that we've been identifying that there has been actually a, several problems uh, with the team, and it's it's not wasn't just a matter of fixing the second line, but they have probably fixed the second line. I, I seems like that to me. I'm just based on what I'm reading. He's uh, a playmaker. Uh, the people that I've been listening to have said that he is uh, has has really upped his defensive responsibility. So if if he's a playmaker, a pass-first guy that can also be responsible in his own end, uh, that seems like exactly what the doctor ordered for the Jets' second line. And when you say second line, does that mean, are you saying uh, line A and Ehlers together? Then those are his line mates? Or do you think line A stays up on the top line? Oh, I, line? I don't know what you guys think. I mean, it's, I guess, basically, it's, it's six to one, half dozen to the other for me. I, I think he's going to end up probably being with two of the Jets' younger scoring wingers. Uh, yeah. You know, I we'll see. I'm not sure. All right. Daniel, how about you? Yeah, so I kind of agree with, with what Mike was saying. You know, 
he's probably going to be their second line, the second line center, I'd say, at least to start. I mean, obviously, we have to see how it plays out. Um, but like you had mentioned, AJ, I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing Line stay on that top line for a little bit, get him going a bit more. Just, you know, keep him because, the, like, whether it's just with Shifley or with a sh- if it's with Shifley and Wheeler, that's fine. I wouldn't mind maybe putting Wheeler and Hayes together. Yeah, hey, who knows? Maybe that'll work out even better than, than what we have. You know, kind of spread it out a little bit. Obviously, a lot of us on the on the podcast regularly have said always about spreading out the talent. And that's something that now we have like 11 top nine forwards or something like that, or 12 if you want to throw Tanev in there as a top nine forward. So that's kind of like where we were last year, right? We get, we get Stastny, throw him in there on the second line. Little ends up on the fourth line. I'm using air quotes right now again, right? So it's kind of the same situation. Um, and Hayes will probably end up, like Mike said, with... Uh, with two of the younger shooters. So whether that be Ehlers and Connor, Ehlers and Line A, Line A and Connor, or whatever kind of combination that works out to be is something that the the coach will have to decide. And that's kind of just it. And I know Hayes is, uh, apparently he's a good penalty killer. I, I didn't actually look too deep into it, but so that kind of helps him out on the PK as well, just to throw another positive about Hayes, Hayes out there and, that's that's nice to see that they you know maybe shore up that PK a little bit more because it's I mean it's the system that's awful not so much the the players that play it but that's he's a, whole a pretty big pretty big boy he can block those shots pretty yeah good. he can block those shots in the eye formation yeah that's that's great <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I wanted to throw back just to I think Daniel you might have said something about uh, Nico playing with Truba I think uh, just kind of from stuff that I've seen and heard that that might actually be a thing even when uh, Morrissey and Buff get healthy that uh, the Jets might start moving towards uh, Buff and uh, Morrissey first line and a Truba Niku second line. So this uh, we'll get a taste of what that line's going to look like right now because that'll likely be our first line uh, tomorrow night, right? It'll, or maybe even tonight. I don't know. Is it after midnight right now? No, not yet. We're, we're, we're pushing uh, it. We're pushing it. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there though. But uh, yeah, Tuesday when the Jets wear the Heritage Classic at home for the second time this season against the uh, Minnesota Wild, um, we might see, uh, we'll have Niku and Truba likely being the first first pair. And so if that uh, starts clicking pretty well with Morrissey and Buff, you know, when they both come back healthy, uh, I think they probably end up together. But anyhow, that's uh, in the future. So yeah, some that's of those not, other that actually, sorry, sorry, that just brings up an interesting, interesting point there because we just, so you just listed off the top four there. So who's who's the who's the bottom two? Myers and Kulikov, or do we get yeah, Myers Sherratt or Kulikov and Myers have been great together. That's who I would prefer personally, but we all know how Sherratt is uh, treated throughout the entire uh, organization. Yeah, I guess I guess it, it depends. Um, this is this is Niku's time to to see if he can uh, steal a job. I guess. Really. Yeah, obviously if That's Niku obviously if Niku if Niku plays well, which I have I don't see that he won't play well yeah. like he's he's been playing well in his limited minutes so just, so just, just uh, something to throw out there anyway yeah we'll move <laughs> on to the some of the more controversial trades i think some of those other ones are the depth guys i mean realistically like i said hayes will be the addition and uh, appleton will be the subtraction and that's the difference in our lineup i don't think these uh, depth uh defensemen and these other people that we've added um is is really any much to talk about really until they start to play and then we could see kind of what we have with them but 
probably not projecting any of them to probably see the ice with the Jets, including Hendricks. But uh, some of the more controversial trades or, or the more interesting ones to talk about because they've been lightning rods is the Lemieux and Patan. Um, so we'll start with the Lemieux one just because it's the first one I had written down. So I got to Lemieux first. Uh, I will uh, get your guys' uh, hot takes about uh, Lemieux and, um, you know, being down with him. The one thing that I, I will say, though, is uh, a lot of people complain about Marco Dano being uh, a 22-year-old on his third team and saying that uh, teams had given up on him and he sucks and he's, he's no good. Um, and now Brandon Lemieux is on his third team and he's 22 years old. I mean, Marco Dano's now 24 and he's technically on his third team, but he went to a fourth team when he went to Colorado for that short stint. <laughs> And now back in the Jets organization. But I just think it's interesting. I think people got to be honest about their bias because uh, we all have players that we like and those that we don't like and the coach does too. And I think if people are going to slam Marco Dano for the way that his career has gone and and uh, maybe gone off the rails, if you want to say it like that, or, or not kind of have staying power. I mean, Bren Lemieux is two years, you know, earlier in in that process i mean in in two years if he's with an ahl franchise which i think is uh quite likely because i don't actually i know people like his game and some of the stuff that he does but i mean he's generally not a high iq um quality player and if you want to like that he's gritty you want to like that he fights or protects his guys or he's you know good in the room or always joking around whatever that's fine but as far as this pure skill um he's had a lot of luck uh, lately, and that that's about it. He's got a shooting percentage that is he's way undeserving of because that's uh, just not who he is. That's not what he's ever been, and uh, he's he's basically st- stolen the line of shooting percentage and uh, had some, <laughs> some some voodoo curse or something. But uh, yeah, so that's just all I'm gonna say say about it. I mean, I don't really care about the getting rid of him or something. I just he was never the best option to play, but he got the opportunity to play. And uh, I, I remember Mike, you commenting on uh, last time when we were chatted uh, for the podcast, saying that you know, like in my thing about you know, you get this opportunity. And I mean, Brendan Lemieux had an opportunity, and he did well with the opportunity. But I think uh, at some point there'll be a regression, and the Rangers will see what he what he is and see that he's he's a professional hockey player, but maybe not an NHLer. And that's that's just how I see him. But um, he's really no different than Dano. So anyone who slammed Dano and loved Lemieux, you got to be honest with yourselves. It's uh, it, the situation can't be that different and in favor of your your uh, bias and narrative. So anyhow, uh, maybe uh, Mike, we'll shoot over to you. What, what's your take on the Lemieux thing? I just got to ask you guys to start with: Did either of you guys see this coming at all? I did actually. Like, I felt you like being that last Lemieux, year. The, the trade center alert comes up in your phone, seeing Brendan Lemieux included. Yeah, I. You know what? Honestly, uh, my this is I don't know. My guess is last year when we got Stasny and we sent them Eric Foley. I'm gonna guess um, that the Jets actually tried to offer Brendan uh, Brendan Lemieux. That that would be my guess because I think Eric Foley has a higher upside. I mean, he's had tons of injuries or concussion, like pretty much the whole year hasn't played. But before that, um, I would have said, and I think most people would have, besides the last name that, you know, comes with some fame on the back of the Jersey that Eric Foley was, was a better player than Brandon Lemieux. So, and probably fit that fourth line role just as well. And kind of a, you know, an energy kind of guy. So 
I, that's my guess is that they probably offered him Brent, the St. Louis uh, Brent Lemieux, but they they wanted Eric Foley, and that's what it took to get the deal done. So that's just my guess. So I've I've been thinking Brent Lemieux's probably been in every offer because I don't actually believe that the Jets were so in love with him as much as some of the fans were. Well, that's exactly that's exactly kind of what I was wondering was just um, I think for those of us who are on Twitter or who take in, you know, we get into these debates all the time. Uh, Lemieux is a lightning rod and we, you know, whether we love him or hate him, he, he comes up a lot and he kind of takes up a lot of our fan energy. Right. But to be honest, probably the Jets, probably it's not the same for the Jets. I'm thinking they probably viewed him as probably a they probably saw him as you know a useful you know a, a younger player with a lot of size and some speed that you know perhaps Maurice like I can make him into something you know but I don't I'm guessing that they weren't particularly you know crazy either way I think that there's a decent chance that they probably saw him a little bit of as a, maybe a problem child I you know we don't know it's it's I'm just throwing out I'm just throwing out baseless speculation but like you said he has been traded a few times uh, I think there are rumors that, you know, his dad is is a is a pretty big uh, advocate, shall we say, on his behalf. Um, <laughs> I think ultimately, ultimately, all we can say is that the Rangers evidently wanted him. Uh, we don't know if the Jets kind of steered the Rangers away from some other players towards him. We have no idea, but you know, probably this guy's probably is going to go on. He's, I'm thinking he's going to have a career in the NHL. He's he's got the name. He's got a lot of. He does have some skills. And maybe he, who knows, maybe he kind of grows that IQ a little bit and, and he, he really carves something out. But, but um, I don't, personally, I was not, I was very surprised, but I was not disappointed to see him, to see him gone. I, I, I wish him, I guess, all the best and maybe he'll be able to vote for his favorite president soon. <laughs> well, there was a, there was a couple of people I saw online that said that the Jets played this perfectly right because um, they sold high on him, right? Like uh, he's he's been doing well lately, and uh, so everybody else's eyes are wide open, going, "Wow, look what he's been doing lately!" And so they they sold, and uh, but buyer beware. I mean, I don't think that he's going to be as good as he looks like he has been doing, right? It's a small sample size, and he's been given lots of opportunity, but uh, I think it'll it'll regress to the norm for him like over the long term and uh i don't think that he is an nhr long term you you, you obviously have given your piece there mike but uh yeah i think it's uh it's probably better for their organization to give some other other people a chance to and it and it makes uh some room for appleton i think as well now that appleton's sort of been bumped because of the Hayes thing um gives gives him kind of space to be probably the next guy in the press box even though i know that there's a other guys there as well, but uh, like Hendricks and Harlan Holm and, and whatnot. But I mean, Appleton's the next guy up. You'd, you'd have to think so. Uh, legitimate shot. Don't pin long career Brendan Lemieux on me. I don't want to be quoted on that. Just, just, yeah. just a little nice, a little something, a little, <laughs> okay. little something of a career, you know? We'll see. All right. We'll see. Okay. Don't pin it on me. <laughs> okay. Whatever Lemieux lover. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Danny, you got any uh, takes about Lemieux that uh, that aren't going to get us uh, sued by the New York Rangers or the Winnipeg Jets? <laughs> um, I, I'll agree with Mike, actually, what he said about the having a career just because of the name on the jersey, basically. I mean, Lemieux has a nice shot, and he does have some speed. It's just the IQ that's lacking. Um, you know, I don't think he's going to play, like, a thousand games or anything like that, but he'll get his handful of years in, like, most uh, most borderline and, like, 
athletes do, right? They only play a handful of years at the top league and then kind of just muddle around somewhere else for the rest of their career, just just like that. And I mean, I don't have much to add. I mean, he gets, and I remember, I obviously I caught a lot of Moose games when he was here. He throws up 170 penalty minutes one year, and that's just stupid. So that's just just whatever. I mean, good riddance. I, you know, whatever. He scored some goals for the Jets at a crazy unsustainable shooting percentage, and he's never going to maintain a 20 plus percent uh, shooting percentage. That'll regress way down to whatever it is, nine or ten percent, maybe. I mean, he's got the nice shot, and that's that's pretty much it. I I don't have much to add constructively, well, anyway. Yeah, so it kind of kind of ties into the the Patan thing. So you say, uh, you know, good riddance to him, and it's funny because I've seen people already online saying, "Oh, that's not fair to say good riddance." But I mean, where were the people? So so people that do like Lemieux um, are they're okay to go ahead and like Lemieux, and those who don't are like terrible, evil trolls. But then those terrible, evil, bad, uh, no good for nothing trolls like Patan. But then anyone who says, oh, Patan's an AHL for life, he's a nobody, good riddance to him. I mean, there's no nobody defending uh, the the honor of, of Patan and the people that like him now. <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of funny. Again, it's a little two-faced because people obviously have their, their bias and their bent. But, I mean, the these players have been given other opportunities. We're allowed to like and dislike the ones that we – uh, do but it's it's funny just as a as a fan base it just it just drives me a little bit nuts when I see people kind of say oh I can't believe people would you know say good riddance to Brandon Lemieux I'm like have you seen the stuff that people say about the uh, Patan I don't see anybody saying uh, or any of these same people I, I should say saying anything to be like I can't believe anyone would say that about Patan I mean right God, or or Enstrom yeah. last year or, it, yeah. yeah the thing yeah. is. It, these are these players, they're contentious, and for the same reason, like, a player might be yours or mine's favorite player in the world, uh, those, those same qualities would also make him just, uh, just just someone's least favorite guy. He's useless or whatever. He's too small. So, so Small, the keyword. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I seems to be pretty, I mean, what is, I don't know what's that saying about our psyches here uh, as we form these opinions. I don't know, but, uh, yeah. I just uh, the Brent Lemieux for for me, forget the personality, forget maybe the 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 idea that he might be a problem child or anything. I just didn't think he was a very good hockey player, and I think Patan was. And um, so for me, kind of as we switch over to the Patan topic, um, which we won't spend too much time on because we have so much before. Um, he's just a really good player, but obviously he didn't get a shot. I think it had more to do with Maurice than it had to do with his his uh, skill. I think um, people again aren't too honest about their own um, ideas and narratives uh, and how much is shaped by the decisions of one man named Paul Maurice because we only get to see what he shows us, right? And so, so the, it's funny, I, I hear people tell me, they say, oh, Marco Dano sucks. I'm like, yeah, when was the last time you played? Like, how do you even know, like, what do you even know about Marco Dano anymore? Like, I don't, I don't even remember the last time he played. But yet people will tell me just how terrible he is. I go, no, you just know that he hasn't played and the coach didn't like him and so and didn't have a use for him. So he got sent off and, you know, he didn't get much of an opportunity in Colorado either. But like most of the people do, do not even remember anything about his game except for that one time that they were at a game and he lost the puck. Well, they were sitting right there in front front row. And I go, well, OK, I'm, I'm sure there's a bit more to his game than you're you're willing to admit. Right. You just have your idea and that's it. So. Anyhow, but uh, Patan, sorry, 
Go ahead, Mike. You're I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm just waiting to. I just I just want to build off what you're saying. Like we're we're all familiar with how the Patan debate, and you know, people, we're all making our judgments on him as Jets fans. Uh, but what's changed now is he's been traded to the Maple Leafs, and it's difficult to say whether whether this is a good thing for him or a bad thing. On 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 the downside for for Patan, the Leafs also have a very deep forward roster uh, that's going to be hard for him to crack. Uh, Babcock seems to have some uh, Maurice-style tendencies, which which is going to be working against him. Uh, but on the plus side, I think there was a quote from Kyle Dubas I saw on Twitter just that said something to the effect of, uh, Nick Patan plays hockey the way we want the Toronto Maple Leafs to play hockey. And ultimately... What's he's probably going to need to have happen for himself for for Nick Patan, he's probably going to need like one or two or three injuries to the Leafs forwards, uh, just like we were talking about earlier with Sammy Niku. The yeah. it's going to be injuries that uh, that that uh, that create that opportunity. Like I think you were referring to earlier, AJ. Like when you look at Nick Patan, uh, he's turning 24 in March, and. He's no longer waiver exempt. You can't send him to your AHL team and stash him down there and have him, you know, ready and and, and in game shape for when an injury happens. He's he he he's got to clear waivers, and uh, I think I think for him, he's basically got to be just really hoping that Babcock gets a fir- good first impression from him, uh, probably, and uh, he needs a couple injuries to happen above him because. Uh, yeah, opportunity is in such short supply. Maybe, maybe Seattle comes through for him. But uh, for for a player that I think we all like, enjoy, we're, we're, we enjoyed the skills that he brought to the table, the kind of hockey player he was. Uh, it just it just strikes me how how much his career hangs in the balance, basically for factors a lot outside of his control. I don't know what you guys think. Well, that's a, I think you summed it up pretty perfectly there. I thought that was that was great. Um, one thing I'd, I'll just say though is he is. His contract just runs till the end of this year, so hopefully, for his own uh, sake and, and career, um, Toronto would c- figure out quickly if they wanted to hold on to him. I mean, it's a, it's a few a couple of months before we're at the draft, right? And uh, then, you know, it, he'll be out of a contract. I mean, I think the Maple Leafs will still own his rights for a couple more years. But uh, you, you're right about everything else you said. But at that point, he does not have a contract. He can choose to sign with them. Or maybe they go, you know what, maybe this isn't the best fit because you're really just going to sit in the press box and he just, I mean, he doesn't have any leverage. Every year, man, every year there's new Nick Patans and new, every year. Yeah, Uh, yeah, sure. I hope, I really do wish the best for him, except I want the Leafs to lose, so I don't know. (laughs) It's a really tough situation. Hopefully, you know, he's playing well in the playoffs as they get stomped by Tampa Bay. That's that's what, uh, or Boston or whoever they're going to play in the first or second round there. Uh, the one, the one thing about the Leafs though is they have, like, for example, today they called up uh, what's his name there, Trevor Moore, and he is waivers exempt. So the Leafs they seem to not like to have guys sit up in the press box as often, as from what my understanding is. So you know, if Batan's there, he'd be the first guy in. Hopefully, as you said, if he gets a good impression on the coach and stuff like that. So that does make a slight difference, and they want to him to be out there playing. I mean, the Leafs fourth line did get a goal tonight, so that's, like, fourth line goals are seem to be a big deal now, so. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so obviously, you know, he is probably one or two injuries away from getting a shot 
an extra shot because because I think they'll give him a look anyway. They ha- they kind of I mean you don't have to, but it's kind of a good thing to give every every guy a, a fair shot under your own eyes, under your own systems and all that. And the Leafs obviously have a different system than the Jets, so that does change it up once he gets in there. I mean, obviously I, I as well, you know, I've been a big fan of his, and it's just unfortunate that he had to play with such not so great players with his time in Winnipeg and. Maybe, uh, yeah, just throw them on the first line with Matthews. I think they'll be pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we're going to we're gonna talk about the month of February and, and the Jets. I think we covered all the, the injuries. Uh, besides, we didn't talk about Buff, but uh, uh, hopefully he's back soon. Um, but I, I, I asked people to send us some questions or thoughts. Uh, the first one uh, wasn't really, didn't really make too much sense, except uh, I couldn't really read it to uh, some very good moves by the Jets management, but a Hayes re-sign is a must, so we don't have a Stasny 2.0. So just a comment. Um, Jets are poised to be more than good for a playoff run. Okay, so... Uh, disagree. Who's... Co- the, why, what, why are we signing? Why do we have to sign the guy we just traded for us? Oh, God. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Just I wait until he signs know. with Vegas on July 1st. Yeah, oh. there you go. Exactly. Watch for Tan go to Vegas, too. Uh, it's okay. Do you want me to read the whole thing? It says if Hayes gives second line a boost, then re-signs and below, below finds the first round form the Hab Sabers couldn't get. The Jets are poised for more than a good playoff run. Some very good moves by Jets management, but a Hayes re-sign is a must, so we don't have Stasny 2.0. I'm with you there, Mike. I don't think we need to sign him. I mean, let's just do this season. That's that's all all we we have to do. I'm not too worried about the pieces that we. We lost because of him, but uh, I guess uh, I think in general he's complimenting the player and saying that it's good. And the Jets did pretty well without being uh, super uh, what's the word outlandish and, and noticeable and and big splash kind of way. So um, okay, so then we got a thread going. Let's see here, Scott uh, from Atlanta, Scott McLean. Uh, he says he feels like a jilted lover losing Stone long term. What happened? So, A, uh, no go from Stone that he would sign in Winnipeg. Uh, do you guys think that's probably part of it? There there wasn't really room in Winnipeg to do a, an extension, so that was probably a bit of a, a thing that held up the deal. Quick thoughts? Yeah. Yes or no? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, B, price was too high no, for Shabby. I, don't, I think that, oh. that's a no for me. No? Okay. We got yeah. one yes and no. One no. I think, cause, cause I Vegas, think you... Vegas was willing to go Brandstrom. I don't think the Jets were willing to trade Veselin or Nuniku. Well, here's here's one of the things, and and um, Chevy did say that, but I talked with uh, Mac today, who also one of our contributors. He says the thing is in a trade. Now, not to say that Veselin and Niku wouldn't have been a nice sweet pot, but it also has to be the something that the other person wants. So the Jets could have said, "Hey, uh, uh, Ottawa, you can have." Blake Wheeler and Jacob Truba, you know, for Stone. And people go, well, of course, they do that in a second. Well, maybe if you are Ottawa, you go, there's some uncertainty with Jacob Truba's contract. Maybe we don't really want that because we won't be able to keep him and we're going to lose Stone. And then, you know, is uh, Wheeler on the downside of his career after this year, right? And he signs up big deal and we're paying 8.25. So even though it sounds like a great deal when you put it on paper, the other partner in it, has to think it's a great deal for them too. And not to say that Niku or Roslovic or Veselanik, but maybe this combination of pieces that we all kind of have ideas of what was maybe offered or what could be out there was not the kind of thing that Ottawa goes, yeah, that's definitely what we need. I mean, maybe they, they want a, a center. 
Crichton Rostovic is showing himself to be uh, more of a winger, right? So maybe they're like, no, we don't really want to show, show us a center, and you guys don't really have a center that we we want, right? So th- that that's part of it too. So I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with that. I wouldn't disagree with yeah, that. Yeah, that's yeah, that makes sense too. I mean, I do think the extension had something to do with it, but also the pieces involved were just different, right? That's that's yeah, and, and it makes you wonder. I, I not not. To, I don't know if you're trying to do a rapid fire thing. My bad if I'm disrupting the timing and all or the uh, pace here. But uh, <laughs> but uh, it's fine. Are we doing rapid fire or, or? no? Well, just did you hear play. how long I talked for? Just just say it to your piece, man. Just say it. <laughs> oh god. No, I just I was just gonna say. I mean, it's also curious just to look at the Vegas deal for Stone and just wonder about kind of how the timing of uh, the how how the timing worked out because. Vegas. It seems like Stone was Stone was Stone like 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 the Jets went for Hayes first, right? Uh, the Jets went for Hayes before, and you know once you get later on in the day, probably at a certain point, well, is it more leverage in Ottawa's favor, uh, or is it more in a team like Vegas's favor? Because uh, you kind of can't help but wonder if if Ottawa eventually is is going to blink because they can't they're not going to resign him anyways. They can't lose him for nothing. So if yeah. If Vegas, if Vegas knows that they have, uh, if if Vegas knows that they have kind of the the premier piece like a, like um, you know a, a Brandstrom, and if they know that Nashville and Calgary, or St. Louis or whoever else is is not going to ante up, if they know they have the best offer on that front, then they're they they probably have some leverage and, you know, waiting waiting uh, waiting till the end, maybe that's why it was a second rounder instead of uh, a first rounder. Absolutely, and uh, Ottawa uh, probably uh, played themselves a little bit because I think they probably could have got more from all three of their big trades. But that's on them. That's Ottawa. So for Carlson in the summer too. For Carlson, yeah. that yeah, was four. that yeah. was the yeah. one, man. That was the one. This, yeah, I know. Uh, that's that's what it. Is. So Scott also says price was too high for Chevy. He wouldn't give up Nico or Rosovic. He said that. So yeah, Chevy I couldn't figure Scott, out. How to... I agree with Scott there. And I was probably too hard on the other guy. I just started talking before you finished reading what he said. So Chevy <laughs> uh, couldn't figure out how to get uh, Liney and Stone under the cap. Uh, not willing to think about trading Connor, um, which I think a lot of people would be okay with trading Connor if it worked out. Um, Okay, and then there, then the conversation goes on. So um, I'm not going to continue reading that. Okay, let's move on to the the month at hand, and we'll we'll kind of get through this a little bit quick, just because I'm sure we're getting a little bit long here. So in the month of February, the Jets have four wins. They started off with that big win against Anaheim, the nine three, where they had six goals in the first period. Uh, then they lost to San Jose. Lost to Montreal. Ugh, that one sucked. Then they yeah. lost to Ottawa, who we were just talking about. They beat Buffalo in Buffalo. Uh, they beat the Rangers in Rangerland. Then they lost to Colorado, lost to Ottawa, lost to Colorado again, lo- uh, beat Vegas, and then lost to Arizona. So that catches up at the, the Shane Doan extravaganza three-hour special. That was the Arizona game. So <laughs> so now all this excitement, we got Hayes, everything. The Jets are 4-7 and seven in the month of February. We've, uh, let's see, lost four of our last five games. Um, our only win is against Vegas. So take that, Vegas. You could take our Stone. You could take our Stasny. You could take our, um, uh, who's that, Cody Glass, right? He's from Winnipeg, right? Uh, you draft him, and you can take our, take, ruin our Broussard trade from last year. 
but you will not take our wins except for in the playoffs. In this, in the yeah, in the Western Conference final. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, that's. But besides that, Daniel. Besides that, yeah. Anyhow, so yeah. What do you think of the Jets as of late? Um, that Arizona game was a stinker, but uh, are these? Is this team going to be good? Or are we bad? Are we? Uh, is Hayes going to fix it all? Uh, or is that left side D, like you mentioned, Mike, is that going to continue to rear? It's like we had that kind of, and or the D in general, obviously, with the two injuries right now. Is that going to be the most problematic thing for us? We're going to have to score five or six goals every game just to, to be in the game? I don't want to talk about February too much. I, I'll, I'll, I'll cede my airtime to Daniel, except just to say that, uh, thank God, Line Aid has apparently come out of his slump. So that's 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 one of the things that happened in February, That was and that was good, so... Only power play goals, though. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I it, it, <laughs> didn't you think he kind of he kind of he he kind of looked like he came out of it. I don't know. Do you guys oh, read yeah. body language so, stuff? Do you do you trust yourself on that? It looks looks like it to me. Yeah, I just I want to see a five on five goal. That feels like the next monkey. You know what I mean? So, anyway, go go ahead, Daniel. What do you think of the month of February and the Jets as they are right now? I mean, we don't know what they're going to look like with Hayes tomorrow and where what the lineup's going to be, but uh, that's that's the last game of the month, so we can put this stinky month behind us. But uh, are the Jets playing at least a little bit better than they did all year, or are they sort of regressing to kind of the way we said they probably were all year and just really showing their true colors? I think they've regressed past their true colors. Um, they're in, they're just in a, a slump. I mean, obviously, I. I don't think they're as great as they were last year. Maybe they could still get out of that. I know we're in game like 60, so probably not. Um, but we can pretty much just write off February as just a big slump, I'd say, right now anyway. I mean, obviously a lot of their wins, not a lot of their wins, but some of their wins throughout the entire season have been quite lucky, whether it's from great goaltending or scoring six goals or something like that. So, I mean, I I don't like reading into it. I mean too much but some of the games it's it's how you lose the game right like you look at the the Montreal and Ottawa losses there those were just horrible you look at the Colorado 7-1 last week they played like garbage like there's a lot of garbage hockey going on from the Jets and they were just getting beat by it even more than they should have been earlier in the season when they were playing not well but still winning so it's really hard to get a read on this team I mean luckily they did bank a lot of points at the start of the year so but they really got to figure something out and figure it out pretty quick. And with the injuries, I mean, it's going to make it a little bit tougher right now, especially on the back end. Morrissey, Bufflin, that's two of your top four. That's 50% of your top four right there. Um, I'll just probably forget about most of the games this month, though. 9-3 was fun against Anaheim. That's that's about uh, the only positive I could take from uh, from the month. Uh, line 8 getting the monkey off his back. One of them anyway, I'm sure. Yeah, like we said, the five-on-five goals are, are nice as well. Um, they have a big stretch coming up against playoff teams, though, in the beginning of March. They got Nashville, Columbus, Tampa, Carolina, Washington. That's that's a pretty big stretch right there. That'll definitely, I think after that, we'll know if we're uh, destined for a first-round exit or if we are destined for more. Yeah. I'm not so sure about that because we're going to be, I mean... We're not gonna. We're gonna be without Morrissey and Buff for that whole thing, right? Yeah, just, but that'll be a good way to see like how how good everyone else is. I think, in, in that sense, like if they can pull out, you know, a fifty percent out of that without Morrissey and Buff, and assuming Morrissey does miss, that's 
that trip wraps up in two weeks, so I'm sure it'll be out that time. That just kind of shows where they're at and how they're playing. Obviously, if they go 0-6, that's a serious problem that probably goes more than just missing Morrissey and Bufflin, I'd say. I, 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 I agree. I mean... It's just, I think as a fan, I, as a fan, I know I'm kind of looking ahead. I, I, I just, once Buff and Morrissey come back with, with Hayes and everything, I feel like I can at least as a fan, hold on to, uh, hold on to hope, uh, hold on to hope that even if we kind of, you know, run about 50, uh, you know, 50, uh, run it, run at 500 over this next stretch, uh, we have the hope of, of Buff coming back and Morrissey coming back and, and like, that's a pretty big that would make a pretty big difference. So I'm just saying if things, if things kind of continue to sort of be a little bit of malaise, we can always look ahead uh, for the injury reinforcements and, you know, delude ourselves with that or whatever you want to think about it. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right too. I mean, obviously I'm not saying write them off if they lose all six or whatever those amount of games are, the the big games I mentioned there, but you'll kind of get a good taste of, what's to come. I mean, obviously Morrissey is a big, that's a huge loss in Bufflin as well. They're missing a lot right now, but you can get a good, I think you could be able to get a pretty good read because you have to think, you know, what they always say is how's your depth, right? And that's something that's important. Yeah. <clears throat> and, yeah. uh, and, and to your point, they have not done, they've had a lot of, have had a lot of opportunities to, uh, you know, to to show to show how good their depth is, to show how strong the team is, despite losing, uh, to, despite missing some star players, they've had a lot of opportunities with to ha- to show that since Christmas, and uh, and they haven't exactly risen to the challenge. So, so yeah, and I'm just, hopefully, just, hopefully they can do that. Hopefully they can do that here coming up. I'm just thinking back there. I just remember seeing the money, the uh, infamous money puck uh, expected goals chart. I believe is is. Uh, and the, the middle of December, that was pretty much the last time they were all healthy, if I'm not uh, mistaken. You know, Ehlers was still in, Bufflin was in. Uh, they didn't really have many injuries. And that's when their highest peak was for the expected goals was around that middle of December time, right? So maybe you are right. You know, once everyone's back healthy, um, maybe they can balance out some of those minutes. Obviously, Shifley and Wheeler are still playing a billion minutes a night, so slowly disintegrating. Um, so that's a big part of it, too, is how they manage minutes throughout the rest of the year when you have a fourth line with, I'm just going to say Perot, Little, and Roslevic right now. That's kind of what we had discussed already, how they manage all that, right, too. That's that's an important thing as well as to how they get into the playoffs. You know, if they go all out, you know, they're still playing Shifley and Wheeler 22 minutes a night. That's just another serious concern that obviously I've had most of the season and and I'll still have up until they don't play them 22 whatever minutes a night. (laughs) Yeah, that's... That's definitely a concern. We've we've talked about that one a couple times. Um, so side, I, just to say, it's a side, side benefit of getting Hayes. Maybe that maybe have a deeper four line attack. Maybe that gets them down. You know, at at twenty or or slightly under twenty minutes. We'll see. Uh, I was just going to say, in the month of February, it looks like uh, tried to do some math here while you guys are chatting. Uh, Jets are four and seven, so that's eleven games. They've scored thirty four goals and had forty two against, which means. Including a 9-3 ass whipping of Anaheim, we average a four or a four to three loss. That's our that's our average. Is, uh, uh, well, because we're averaging three goals a game and we're, we're getting four goals scored again, so it's not like we lose all. But anyhow, that's that's what the score works out to. So, um, 
Yeah, well, let's, uh, I guess let's leave it there. I think this has been long enough. That was uh, fun to do. The last thing uh, we'll leave you with, though, is... Uh, well, I want to... I can I have a closing go. thought? You can have a closing thought, but uh, I'm just going to have a, a question, and then you can you can wrap it up. You can, you can say bye. I'll be done after this. Oh, no, um, no, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, let's do, let's do your question. Oh, okay. Well, we can do both, Mike. It's okay. <laughs> this, is, this isn't radio. I'm just trying uh, to show my enthusiasm. That's all. You know? <laughs> You don't I have to go care. to commercial or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Although you should plug your company at the very end, and that will never, be an official sponsor for the night. Um, what? Uh, yes or no? Hendrix is in the lineup tomorrow. Roslovic comes out. Daniel, yes or no? Sorry, I missed half of that. I was reading something. <laughs> Hendrix, Hendrix, something in. He- Hendrix plays and Roslovic comes out tomorrow. Yes or no? Hendrix plays and Roslovic comes out tomorrow. No. I'm a no. Mike? I'm a no. I'm, You'll I'm get him go. a lineup at some point, but not, not like that. Not tomorrow. I'm and he's driving that. to Winnipeg. He, he drove. He didn't uh, fly in. Just uh, yeah, a fun deal. note there. Yeah. I, I'm going to say, yes, Hendricks plays tomorrow and Roslevic is out. I'll be the one person who will, who will make that prediction. You know, so, I have tickets to the game tomorrow. If I get... Oh, my God. A's <laughs> <laughs> will be on a line with line A and Ehlers because we have to make sure that that line has Ehlers and line A on it. That's just what it is. And TLC will be there. And Connor will play with Shifley and Wheeler, who are conjoined twins. Anyhow, that's, <laughs> it. that's it for me. That's all I have to say. Mike, why don't you, uh, you end it? Tell, give us your thought. Say, just do an ad or something as well. Oh, I'm drinking. Uh, well, drinking I, you know what? I just... Um... I, I think I think that I want I just my just it's a closing question. I just wonder if, you know, two months from now or three months from now, are we gonna look back and wonder maybe Chevy should have actually just done what it took to get Mark Stone because uh, I look at Vegas. Uh, we faced we re- admittedly ran into a hot goalie last year and lost to them. But how many players have they added? They've added an entire first line now since we lost to them in the final or in the Western Conference finals. That's uh, that's not a comforting thought, and I don't want uh, to wish everyone. Uh, I don't want to go to bed on that note. So uh, Hayes is great. Is my closing thought. He's just gonna pass the puck and distribute it like crazy, and uh, and we're all gonna love him. And um, the next, we're not gonna go 0 and six. We're gonna go something like, you know, three three one and two, something like that. There you okay. go. Me and Daniel, we'll we'll say something next. Daniel, name name all the teams in the West that you're scared of beating the Jets in the uh, in the playoffs. Go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Be- Vegas oh. and San Jose. That's my two biggest worries. Yeah, my biggest worry is actually playing a wild card like Dallas. I've been saying it all year. At the Dallas, they scare me. I find that the two types of teams that do really well against the Jets. I don't, maybe it's just, it's just my eyes. I don't know. Maybe someone's going to tell me I'm crazy for this. But I feel like it's when teams are really, really fast on us, like uh, when we played against the first game uh, against Ottawa in the Montreal game, or when teams play just a real slow kind of game. And I remember that uh, against Dallas. And I think Dallas, you know, could be a first-round matchup. And uh, I just think it would slow it right down. San Jose, San Jose added uh, San Jose added Nyquist, which is going to help them a little bit. Vegas added Stone, which is a massive upgrade. But on the plus side, St. Louis did not. Uh, they, St. Louis and Calgary basically did zilch. 
Uh, I don't know what Na- someone smarter than me can say if Nashville uh, did a massive upgrade or not, but I think I think thankfully the Jets are one of one of three uh, three you know candidates to emerge from the West that that did a meaningful upgrade, even if even if we we didn't upgrade as much as Vegas. I think uh, we actually actually at least have that to be thankful for. True. I wanted to say that. Imagine if we were fans of the Flames, where, what would we be telling G- uh, Trill Living right now? He got nothing. He got uh, some depth defensemen. He would just say we're happy with the team we have. We're in first in the West. Yeah, I guess uh, they should. Yeah. Look at the standings. Yeah, look at the standings. <laughs> Jeez, like, where have you been? Have you ever been online? Look at the standings, you fool. I'm pointing to the standings right now. Can't you see? Yeah. This, is me. this is how I sound when I'm pointing at the standings. Uh, yeah, yeah, that is how you sound when you point to the standings. <laughs> All right, wow, gentlemen, in- incredible. for doing this. <laughs> this was uh, obviously a lot of fun to, to do. Thank you all for listening, and uh, hopefully you enjoyed our, our nonsense. And you can find us. Uh, do you guys want to do your Twitter handles? You can find us at JetCentric. That's uh, the Twitter handle. You can kind of add us and maybe uh, hashtag Hayes, H-A-Y-E-S. Uh, hit us with that if you listen this far. Send that to us, and we know that you listened. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I know you got a, you got a Twitter handle or what? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, it's uh, Daniel WPG fifty five. Give me a follow or unblock me or whatever. Um, that's 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 my uh, that's my plug. Yeah, Daniel's collecting blocks. Mike, how about you? Uh, I'm at Mike Friesen, my name, uh, and then the number ten. And uh, just you don't even search for it. Just search for the good takes, and you'll find me. <laughs> oh yeah, it's true. And that's it's true. <laughs> uh, once in a while in the books go Jets go bye yeah, gentlemen cool right on thanks guys it was fun yeah thank yeah. you